From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. So, Darren, I'd love to hear which superpower you'd like to bring to this episode. Wow, what a question is that? What superpower? So, so I guess one thing that I think this sounds really good, really kind of cheesy, I guess a little bit. So, but what, one thing I think I do particularly well is bridge the gap between technology and people. I think you know, there's 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 yeah, there's a lot of people working in technology who are super amazing people who who either find it art- hard to articulate something or hard to communicate things or, you know, it, it, it's, and, and I think I used to be that person. And that's probably the reason why I think I, 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 I'm, I'm, I can do it so well. And I think this is what also makes really good agile coaches or agile scrum masters or, or whatever else role you're doing at the time. If you've been there, done that, and you can empathize with them, you can you can make that link a lot stronger than you could do if you perhaps had just read a book on the subjects and and had done a two day scrum master certification and, and suddenly you're a, you're a certified scrum master. It, it, it's a little like passing a driver test. You can take your old plates off, but you haven't driven on the motorway at night up in the rain. And you know once you've done that, you realise okay, there's a lot for me to learn. And you know, if I, if I rewind back to 2006 when. My then boss put the book called Scrum by Jay Sutherland on my desk and said, do that. I made all those mistakes, right? I picked it up and did cargo cult scrum just in the same way lots of other teams do, right? You know, if I follow this recipe and put it in the oven at Gas Mart 4 for half an hour, I must get this thing out that comes out that looks a cake, looks like a, a carrot cake and I taste it and it must taste like a carrot cake. But no, it doesn't, right? It's not until your grand comes around and says, what cake's this? Oh, it's carrot cake. No, 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 it's not carrot cake. Oh, I followed the recipe and it said it must be carrot cake. It's like so many teams I've worked with are doing that, right? And it's not until you point out the fact that, you know what, it's not about using Jira or using this particular tool. It's about making more regular deliveries to your customer, delivering things to your customer in a rules that's going to bring them the most value. And lastly, and probably the most importantly, are you continuously improving in terms of how you're doing that? whether that's you as an individual, as a team, or as an organization. And I think, you know, people lose touch a little bit. They, they, they fixate on, on labels and frameworks and, and scaling frameworks and, and, and the like. And, and actually really, if you bring it back to basics, all we're trying to do is, is to deliver better outcomes to our customers more regularly. You know, that's what we're trying to achieve. The goal isn't to do agile or, or safe or whatever. The goal is to do those kind of three things. Agile or lean or whatever you want to call it is, is a means to an end to, from my perspective. Right. And I guess that's where I'm fairly pragmatic in terms of how I work with people, whether it be search or whether it be kind of more work related in that I'm not fixated on a particular thing. Like I don't turn around and say, people, you've got to do scrum. They want to try it. If they want to do it, that's great. I help them do it. But if they wanted to have a go, oh, we think Kanban will, will be better for us. I think, great, let's try that as well. But can I just make sure you're not doing Kanban because you think Scrum is too blah, 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 right? You know, so, so there, there's, 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 there's obviously challenging questions you can, you can give them as you, as you go through that. But I think, you know, bridging that gap, helping teams understand what they don't know they don't know. That's probably the thing that 
that I like to do. Yeah. Simon Sinek has got the book Start With Why. And, you know, my, my why, again, is, is helping people be better tomorrow than they were today. And, 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 you know, whatever I do, whether it be a, a work context or, or, or a search and rescue context or a home context, really, I, I think, you know, my, the reason I get out of bed in the morning is, is to, to help people understand how to do stuff better, whether that's improving their workflow, whether it's, you know, improving how we do stuff at search. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really matter, but yeah, helping people understand what they don't know, they don't know, bringing my experience, whether it be, whether that's coaching experience or, or mentoring and they are different, right? I'm not going to go into that, but it's, it's, I think that's, that's what I think I'm pretty good at. And that's the reason why I guess I'm good at what I do. I hope. And have you had a situation where it's been really challenging to actually shift someone's mindset from maybe this more traditional way of thinking to this, you know, nice, shiny, agile way of work. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> and at lots of different levels, right. You know, from going all the way from, you know, developer testers embedded within teams all up to, to board members and XCOM members. But I, I think, forget, I think it, it might be Drucker, but it, there's a personality profile that the Drucker keys is, is the no, no. And basically what that means is sometimes you're going to meet people that it doesn't matter how much you, how well you explain something to them or how much empirical evidence you show them that this, that there's an alternative way. Sometimes those people are not for turning. Right. And, and, you know, I think it's usually symptomatic by hearing things like, oh, well, that wouldn't work here or, or we're different or, or, you know, the way that we work is set or whatever. There's certain kind of red flags that, that kind of highlight that. But I think my experience there is being able to recognize those people. And actually it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but just taking a step back from those people as well, because what you, the last thing you want to do is go the other way and start applying more pressure to them. If you start, you know, saying, well, I think you should do this or whatever, and start applying, pro then you'll just turn them even further the other way. So I think you have to, to have to, to work with people who want to work with you is probably the best way to sum that up. Right. And, and yeah, there's people who sit on the fence that you can work with. Brilliant. Okay. They're sometimes the best people because they can turn into your kind of biggest fans if you, if you, if you do that successfully. But, but I think, uh, work with people who want to work with you, work with people who, who, who are, uh, you know, who are genuinely interested in wanting to do stuff better, but where you recognize the, that, that person or team that is that no, no team, just perhaps just ask yourself, what do I want to do here? Should I take a step back and say, look, do you know what? That's fine. If you want to do that, crack on with what you're doing. There's plenty of other work I can do, teams of people I can do, uh, go and help over here. Do you know what? I'll pop back in about three months time and see how you're doing and see, see if that's still the same, still the same situation. And you may come back in three or six months and they go, oh, do you know what? Yeah, we've seen that team over there. They've been doing quite well at, at, at doing this. So we're, we're kind of interested now. So could you come and help us? Or even better, you don't go back to them. They come to you, right? Sometime over the three, six to three to six months, they kind of knock on your door. You'll get an email from them and say, yeah, do you know, we were saying this, this wouldn't work in our team about, about two, three months ago. Yeah. We want to give it a go now. Could you come and give us a hand? And it's like, right. So, so, you know, don't push it. And most importantly, when you do go and speak to these people, don't use buzzwords, lingo, things like that. Just help them understand what benefits they're going to get on the back of it. Focus on, on what's in it for them, right? 
Um, oh, story here. So when I was at BA Systems, I was sitting in front of a customer up in London and we were uh, just discussing uh, a particular software product that we were going to build for them. And um, I asked the question, oh, did do you want to build this using Agile Ways of Working? And for these, this team, this was a massive trigger. You could see them sit back in their chairs. You could see their hands go up like that. And they went, absolutely not. Absolutely. We, we, we tried that two years ago. It was an absolute disaster. We're never going to do that again. Okay, fine. I, I get you. I hear, I hear that. That's, that's cool. But what I really want to do is make sure that what we build you is what you actually want. So how about what we do is get you really involved with the development process. So we'll show you what we're going to build for you every few weeks, and we'll give you an opportunity to come and give feedback. And, you know, if you don't like what you see, we can, we can tweak it. We can change it depending on, on, on what it is you want based upon that time. Right. And as we go forward, we can just keep doing that. And they were like, that sounds amazing. Can we do that please? <laughs> you know, and, and it just goes to show you, you know, so, you know, just focus on what's in it for them. Don't focus mm -hmm. on let's go agile or let's do this framework or, or, or this big thing, you know, uh, don't get me started on safe, but you know, I think, I think that's, that's, you know, if, if, if you concentrate on that and keep things simple, you know, there, there's, you know, one thing that, that I took away from, from my previous job was organize your work, then organize your people around the work and and then optimize and speed up your work. A lot of people jump into that last one. Let's do CICD. Let's speed up the way we do things. Let's improve these pipelines and do it. It's like, well, hang on a minute. If you're not doing the first two, it doesn't matter how much improvements you get down the line, you're only going to get a very marginal improvement in terms of your total end-to-end -end flow. If you concentrate on the left-hand side, your left-hand side, then, and, and, and really understand what is, what's, what are we building? Who are we building it for? Why are we building it? And in what order do we want to build it? The four whys. So think about that, then feed that into organize the work, then say, okay, how do we best organize our people around the work? And then you can worry about speeding up your work after that. None of that involves scrum or, or agile, so to speak, but, but yeah, you can, you can do all that and you can apply that to any single, any organization, any domain. And you could get improvements on, on how you deliver your work. Yeah. Do you apply that then? with how you approach things with your what you're volunteering for lowland rescue was it the other way around you learn things from lowland rescue and then you apply that to your work i think it's both right i think it goes both ways um i think that the things i've learned from search and rescue and, and taken to work have, have principally been around teams and managing small teams in different contexts challenging conversations Help me. Uh, challenging conversations. There's nothing more challenging than having a conversation with a relative of someone who's just taken their own life. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I had that exact scenario last week and what do you say, what do you say to that person? Right. And so, so, so there's, there's, there's that going from work to search and rescue. There's probably a little bit more that way because I, I there's probably more that I recognized in agile that I could see working better in, in search and rescue, because most of the time search and rescue, they don't know they're doing open quote agile or, or, or they have scrum teams or whether they're doing this, that's, that's just how they, they just do it. Right. That's just how, how they've done it. So 
you know, in terms of what I just said around organizing the work, organizing the work is search planning. How do we, what do we need to do to, to find this missing person? Let's come up with a search plan. We know it's going to change, but let's come up with a search plan. Let's come up, come up with a number of scenarios. Let's prioritize those scenarios. And then let's organize our people around the work. Let's get our teams together. What sort of teams do we need? Do we need drone teams, bike teams, foot teams, dog teams, water teams? What sort of resources do we need to, to most efficiently deliver the search scenarios and search plans? And then speed up the work is, well, okay. Do we need any other resources? You know, is what we're doing, are we doing the right thing? Continually reassessing that, you know, so there's two questions that, that I, I, I put at the end of the, my, my search and rescue talk around Millie that kind of sum it up. You know, if you continually ask yourselves, are we doing the right thing? And is it working? doesn't matter how, what you're doing or how you're working, you'll probably find something that you can improve. If you do that every day, you are continuously improving. And, and at some point you will get to you know, a better way of working, improved flow of work. And I think, you know, you as an organization, your customers will get be better off for it. That's good. I'm, I'm wondering as well, you mentioned your superpower was to do with, you know, helping, helping teams, tech teams. I don't know if it's always tech teams, helping them into better ways of working. I wonder how has that journey been for you? Has it always been smooth sailing in terms of planning influence with teams yeah, it hasn't always been smooth sailing because i'm learning as well right yeah i've 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 done things that have been stupid right before right so you know i've i've perhaps tried to impose myself too much on teams right you know back in the day right? yeah i don't do, hopefully don't do that so much now I, I try and you know let the decisions happen where they need to happen but you know when when you're keen when you're learning and you learn a new technique, right? You always seen people come back out of training courses, wanting to apply everything they learned in training. Right. So, so I think, yeah, it, it, it's, 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 it has been hard, you know, when you're in, you know, obviously as you go through your career and take on more responsibility, you're looking after more people, more teams, those teams become geographically separated. You get COVID things like that happening. And so, you know, every, every day, every month, things are changing and I'm still doing that now. Right. So, you know, in my new role within CETA, it's, it's a role that's combining, you know, my engineering expertise, it's combining my people skills, it's combi combining my transformation activities in terms of helping the organization get better. It's, it's, it's combining helping a break, break down silos within an organization. So there's a ton of stuff that I'm even asking myself now, well, what, what do I need to do here? Right. Do I need to do something differently? So I, I think. I haven't got a magic wand, right? And I don't think anyone does. And sometimes people expect you to have a magic wand. They expect you to, to rock up and wave your magic wand. And especially when you're doing agile coaching, right? It's like, oh, right, we've got an agile coach now. They'll fix it all. It's like, okay, that's not my job, right? Even as much as you think it is. But yeah, I think, I think it, yeah, you can just do your best in that scenario. You can, you can apply the skills that you have learned over, over the time, whether it's coaching or mentoring or teaching or, or supporting or none of the above, right? Some, sometimes the best thing you can do is walk away, right? Let them get on with it, you know, because for whatever reason. So I think as long as you have that tool belt of, of skills, you can, your experience is, is learning which of those skills to use at the right time and having a tool belt that you can pull from. And I think that's experience and that's competence and, and knowledge. 
Wow, wow, I like that. And I, uh, I can definitely see how you have a tool belt of many different skills. And it just shows it's worth trying out different things, being involved in different projects outside of work. I mean, I'm not sure how you'd apply hang gliding to, to everything, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. If there was one tool in your arsenal that you think would help people and listeners prepare themselves um, to have that edge in the future in their role, what tool would you want to give them? Empathy. And what I mean by that is everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. Everyone thinks their opinion is right and it is for them. So I think if you have enough empathy to understand or put yourself in their position, say, well, why do they think, why, why do they think their opinion is in that way? Then I think you can then put yourself in their shoes to coin a phrase and you can better understand how you could help them because, you know, being a coach, being a development manager, being an engineering manager, whatever role you're doing, it's not about telling people what to do. It's about helping people understand what they need to do themselves. And, you know, and that's the, the biggest difference that I've seen, I think over the last five years is that finally people are starting to come around to the fact that being a manager isn't about telling people what to do. Being a leader is about helping people manage themselves. So, so I think if, if we were all a little bit more, if we all showed a little bit more empathy to the people that we're working with. I think all teams would probably be better for it. It's a lovely way to finish off this episode, Darren. I really like that. I think empathy is something that is a really difficult skill to master, or at least sort of build that appreciation for. I was reading something the other day about how the more you read in terms of fiction books, the more you can actually build empathy over time. And there's lots of research in this area, apparently, and it just blew my mind. And I was thinking, why haven't I been reading more fiction? But that's something I'm going to make. I'd uh, like to read that because, because I actually read lots of science fiction. So that, that's, that's quite bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> there you go. See, no wonder you've got bags of empathy. <laughs> Fantastic. So Darren, thank you so much for taking time out today and speaking to us. And Vera, also, thank you so much as well for joining me on this episode. Just the last word really to you, Darren, any last bit of advice that you'd like to give anybody who's having a few of those issues that you mentioned throughout the podcast today, what would you say to those folks? I'll leave you with those two questions, right? And that you can continuously challenge yourself with, and you can use whether it in your professional life or your home life, right? Are we doing the right thing? And is it working? It works for kids. It works for dogs. It works for everyone and anything, right? So are we doing the right thing? Is it working? And if the answer is no, for either of those questions, don't just accept it. What are you going to do about it? Come up with some actions. Okay, well, I'm going to do this differently. So that next time you ask that, you may say, well, it's still no, but it's nearly a yes. But I just need to do this now, and then it'll be a yes. So, you know, continuous improvement. I don't think we should sit still. 